bad, immoral, and wrong. This is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 food. And now your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. You better believe this. Live radio at its finest right here. <laughs> the Modern Eater Show, live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. I always say this show is like a, you know, an oatmeal raisin cookie that you bite into and you find out it's a chocolate chip cookie. Ooh. And then you find out it's an edible. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you have no idea. Is that why I feel so hungover <laughs> in the morning? I, just, uh, I love that. Huh? that well, we're, awesome. we're in Colorado, and it's hyper-local, and we've got a great lineup for you. Greg Holland back, Brian Freeman. We're going to run the boat here. Just uh, guide it right in. I like that. It's a large boat tonight. It is a large boat tonight. Uh, Jay Parker doing his uh, great work producing the show. And uh, we've got uh, Dave Avery, uh, other, uh, known as Davery. You sound got, extraordinary. He's our sound yeah. guy. You guys With are a in, new technique. Uh, no, you guys are in trouble because I have a microphone tonight. Uh-oh. <laughs> Little Rich Snyder. There? Here we go <laughs> yeah, again. I'm here, too. Barely seeing over the table. But dang it, I'm here. What an exciting week. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of news. A lot of news. Look behind you. Let's show our uh, viewers on Facebook. Remember, we're on Facebook my, my live best right now. Vanna White yes, here. We let's, are live on Facebook. Let's do the proper introduction. Well, let's introduce Rome Sausage as our newest sponsor. Rome and Sausage. Rome Sausage. And we've and got uh, Chris Johnson with the, us. The man behind the name, behind the logo. Thank you. And he's got an incredible story to share with us tonight on what they do and why. Well, welcome to the first of many appearances on the Modern Eater Show. Well, it's my first time, so be gentle, huh? <laughs> it's real easy and, uh, you know, none better than you to talk about a great, uh, it fits into our wheelhouse of hyper-local product right here in Colorado. And I'm not even going to, you'll do it justice. Talk about Rome, just for a minute. Rome's. Yeah, Rome's. let me give you a little, little background on who we are. Please, thank you. Um, Rome is our family name. Uh, my great uncle, Jerry Rome, started the company in 1959. He was making sausage in his parents' um, uh, market out in Montrose in the Western Slope. Moved to Denver in the late 80s and then started making it um, commercially and grew the business by word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. On the side, he worked full-time at, at Gold Star Sausage and then did Rome's on the side and... and um, you know, it sounds simple to say that this is his life's work, but there's a lot of nuances to the sausage business, sausage making, and he spent his entire uh, existence kind of playing with recipes and that kind of stuff. And I know that I'm sure his family sat through a lot of bad batches of sausage over the years until he got it right. But Jerry was a, a sausage artist, so to speak. He's got he made great great stuff, and um, we we're blessed to keep it in the family. I bought it about four and a half years ago, and. Um, you know, really all we do is, is make great stuff and take care of people. And, Chris, you said Jerry was an uncle or the... So he was my grandmother's cousin. Grandmother's cousin, I okay. Say, I say great uncle. I, I don't know okay. what the proper okay. term that, is. That, that works. That works for, for me. For yeah. casual conversation, great uncle works just fine. So So now, wait a minute. What, what in your past uh, qualified you to come in and run a sausage company? So for about 10 years, I worked in the food sales business on behalf of... Um, a variety of national producers, Johnsonville, ironically, mm-hmm. Tyson, Kellogg's, uh, mm-hmm. those kind of guys. And then it kind of run its course, and I went to um, Jerry and said, hey, look, I want to make bacon or something else full time. I want to be in the meat business. Can you mentor me, help me get going? And he's like, well, hell, just buy me out. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So we, No stranger to the industry at all. No, I spent, yeah, 10 years uh, in and out of restaurants. Before that, I did a little cooking with uh, 
the Governor's Park, Caledonia's group. So it's been a you know, kind of a lifelong presence, kitchens and, and food and that kind of thing. Chris, so. were you going direct when with your sales to just restaurants, or how did you guys get really get your start out there in the market? So originally, when I bought the company, Jerry, um, it was just start, started selling up and down the street direct to customers. And then when I bought it, I realized we had about half of our business um, at, at customers that are buying from one of the large broadliners, Shamrock US Cisco. So I went to Shamrock and I said, hey, here's X amount of dollars of business that, that we're selling to you restaurants. Bring this in, keep us open coded, so to speak, so we can sell it on the street, up and down the street. Uh, and they did that. So they've been a great partner of ours, help us move a lot of cases. But we also sell um, direct to customers also, to the food service customers also. Nice. So it's a nice kind of um, nice balance in that we have the option to go direct or not dependent upon one or one guy shipping cases. Mm-hmm. What was that, Heine's Market that, that we yep. saw? Yep. Yeah, so we that sell. is a great local place. Very cool. Yeah, Heine's does some great stuff. They do embrace a lot of the local vendors, um, growers, farmers, that kind of thing. Uh, we sell to local foods market as well up on 72nd and Sheridan, I believe it is. Yeah, but... Um, Yep. 99% of our business is, is food service. So that's our bread and butter, and wow. and, and, and we like it there. So, Can yep. people find it by name on a menu? I, I mean, I, I know a lot of that positioning is done, sometimes more difficult than not. But if I was uh, a chef or a restaurant and I'm using a local product like this, I want to highlight it. Absolutely. Right. Wait till uh, you hear where he's got it. Name off right. some of the places that you're at. Yeah, we're in the Brown Palace. Uh, we're at the Broncos Stadium. We're doing some custom stuff for them. Uh, we sell to Sam's Number Three. Um, you know, and when you're in distribution too, you you don't have visibility to where your stuff is. Yeah. Which yeah. is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got a, a wide variety of Italian, you know, pizza places, family-owned Mexican restaurants, um, caterers. So you know, we, convention center we sell to as well. So. A wide variety of folks. But Chris, I, the Brown Palace, that's a cool Well, that's when a cool I hear account. those stories, I want to know that that roams in my mouth, you know, where I'm going and where I'm eating that. Um, so so that's an interesting thing. And as you've joined forces here with the Modern Eater Show, we, we, you know, if you'll allow us, we'd like to turn it on to a lot of different chefs in our community. Yeah, we appreciate that very much. I mean, we're here, you know, to kind of build a brand and spread the gospel of sausage, <laughs> so to speak. And, yep. you know, support what you guys are doing here because it's only... You know, it's it's great for everybody involved. So, Chris, how many flavors do you have? We do uh, about 15 varieties in, oh, di- wow. in different okay. formats. And by format, I mean links, patties, bulk, so on and so forth. Okay. So chorizo, uh, let, me, let me back up. So everything we do is in small batches, a couple hundred pounds at a time, 200, 300 pounds. We hand mix the spices, and exception of one or two items, it's pork butts, salt, and spices across the board. So okay. no junk, no filler. We're not playing games with like trim or add-ons. It's very straightforward, quality, quality-oriented yeah. stuff. And you know we're priced very aggressively, right in the ballpark of all of our competitors. Definitely get the value there. This morning, you know what I had for breakfast this morning? The blueberry maple. Yeah, did you like that? Oh, my. That's incredible. Life-changing. That makes me want to get out of bed. And I'm not that kind of. I like. I like my sleep. But damn it, that sandwich I would, uh, that sausage I would do. It's terribly good. And um, but you turned us on to some product here this last week. We couldn't wait to open it up. (laughs) Right. I mean, we got right into it. Um, So as we continue and we go down, you're going to hear a lot of things and see a lot of things with Chris here. Uh, Chris Johnson, Rome Sausage. And um, again, just a cool hyper local. What does hyper local mean to you, Chris? Well, you know, it starts in terms of sourcing as far as, you know, spices, meat, um, labels, packaging, in any way that you can. 
Um, you know, Colorado's got a great variety of, of producers on every level, and we try to embrace that as much as we can, you know, and really there's great stuff coming out of Colorado, uh -huh. and there's much, much more exposure for it, including this show, that's saying, hey, look, here's all these like-minded folks. They're all doing something really awesome in their own little segment, mm -hmm. be it producer, grower, chef, yeah. whatever. Let's get these folks together and make magic, and that's you know, and we're we're thrilled to be a part of that. So I think uh, when I talk about hyperlocal, I, I believe it's a um, it's an obligation and a commitment. If somebody in your community and they're you know a small business and and working making good products, and you can use them, it's an obligation. Um, sometimes the price you know might be a little bit more, but knowing that you're putting some uh, ballet shoes on a on a young daughter from a small businessman, totally. rather than putting another boat in somebody's yacht yard totally. uh, for a huge company. That that's what hyper local is for me. Yes, and and that's exactly what. We, Amen. You, you have a daughter. I do. I've got a daughter Let's, and a son. And um, yeah, you know they they take pride in what we're making, and you know they understand, um, you know the soul of what we're doing. You know my previous life selling for a lot of manufacturers, I was. It was a numbers game, right? I'm selling millions of pounds of French fries a year, right? Yeah. And I came to the realization that there's no soul in any of that, right? I'm, I'm selling units. I'm not selling food, so to speak. Yeah, sure, it's edible, but is, there, is, there, is my heart into it? No, it wasn't. So when I came across Rome's and had the opportunity to buy it, I was like, okay, I can pour myself into this. You know, we're, we're touching every piece of this. It's, it's a different it's, game, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, mean it, I leave fulfilled yeah. knowing that we're making great stuff and that we're, you know, putting good things in the marketplace and doing it the right way. Here's what's going to warm your heart. So up next, Mo Montgomery, Pueblo, Pueblo Community College. Um, she's going to come in and, and utilize some of this great sausage for these sliders. And what could warm your heart more than seeing chefs play with the product? It's great, man. Usually it's me in the kitchen kind of cooking up and sampling. It's <laughs> nice to say, Have hey, someone else yeah, in there. professional expertise to knock that out for me. So it's Chris great. Chris Johnson, yeah. reach across. Shake my hand. Pleasure. Thank you so Pleasure. much. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. You want to stick around and uh, see what Mo Montgomery has yep. to say about Absolutely. the sausage? Absolutely. All right, Chris yeah. is going to do that. Do you have your mic on for the break? Mm, no, I don't. I can grab the stick. You can grab the stick, Mike. Rich is going to mobilize. I'm going to take us to break. You already heard Mo Montgomery is coming up next. Chef Mo Montgomery, Pueblo Community College, and she's uh, the director of the hospitality program. And we're also going to have Cody on Locatour, another great Colorado brand and Aspen baking company. What do you think, Brian? I, I think there is so much food in this room tonight. We've got two chickens on the rotisserie. We've got all this incredible sausage. The room is filled with people having a great time. The crowd looks hungry and ready to have some nice tasty beverages well here. make sure you fire up our studio facebook kitchen. so that you can see all of this coming from studio kitchen colorado and uh we'll take that break we'll come right back and uh, check out our facebook live also broadcasting on uh youtube i believe maybe not well uh, check it out and say hi to us yeah hey you know? facebook fat. thanks greg what a great first segment with chris i got the man behind rome sausage we're going to be searing is hearing we're going to be seeing and hearing a lot more about you and thanks for look what you're a part of absolutely man Super excited to be here tonight and support the endeavors here, and, and it's great to be connected in this way. This is going to be awesome. Wait till you see what Chef Mo does. You know, she's head of culinary, uh, the culinary department of Pueblo Community College. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. 
infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And if you get hungry while you're sipping on some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. Little Rich here. It's the new year and we're all looking for ways to save money. Here's a tip I bet you didn't know about. Do what I do. Buy your natural gas wholesale. Instantly saving 10 to 12% off your gas bill every single month. Baby, that's some serious cash. Do what I've done for years and call Brian Rizzuto at Encore Energy today. The sooner you call, the sooner you save. Call Brian at Encore Energy. 720-245-5771. That's 720-245-5771. Save money on natural gas with Encore Energy. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? <laughs> Owner of 4 by Brother Luck and Lucky Dumplings. I mean, he's, he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. We can do that. We're going to talk regular right here from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. And uh, the Modern Eater Show continues on iHeartRadio. And uh, check us out live on Facebook. Continuing on, and we uh, we highlighted her. She's um, a great gal, friend of the show, and Chef Mo Montgomery from Pueblo Community College. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me tonight. Oh, good to see you. Yeah. You're on a mission. You're making um, some sliders here with Rome sausage. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to represent Pueblo every time I come up here. So, you know, Rome sausage has some green chili pork sausage, the Italian sausage. So we made some sliders, or not sliders, but some uh, grinders, Italian grinders. So they're, what we call them in Pueblo is the pass key. The pass, there's the key to get up to the pass when you go through. But it's just a basic uh, burger patty made out of the Italian sausage. We got lettuce, tomato. Mayo mustard, some some diced green chilies on there from Musso Farms, our friends down there, and it's just a nice representation of the Italian heritage in Pueblo. Some pretty good bread yeah. you're using tonight today right. too with Aspen ba- Aspen Baking Company, and welcome back to the show, Cody and Lacatour. How Thank are you? Thank you for having us. So good. How are you guys? It's great. I love seeing these great products put together and then having amazing chefs um, and this great dish that we have here. Did you taste this yet? I have not, but I have to. We're saddling you with that right now on the air. (laughs) (laughs) We give us a new one and on on that. Sure. (laughs) You will. All right, cool. Cody, yeah. Get get into that. (laughs) It looks so pretty. I'll do it right after. Why? (laughs) Oh man, I thought that'd be a great idea. There's nothing better than watching people just eat. Greg, sick mind. He loves to watch people eat, you know. (laughs) That was good. That was good. Um, So listen to this. Bo Montgomery, you are, um, are you the hospitality director? Yeah, director of hospitality and culinary arts. It's a mouthful. Yeah, no doubt. You have an event coming up. That's right. We're hosting the third annual Mary Jane Volker Invitational Competition. It's an ACF-sanctioned competition. So you can get points towards ACF accreditation for it if you're a professional. And it's open to professionals and students. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. So nice. how can people find out information about so this? So to find out, you you actually need to email me. That's mo.montgomery at pueblocc.edu, and I can send you the registration forms. And to understand what the categories are, we got 41 categories that we're willing to host for this event. It's a two-day competition salon. Um, so you can go to the ACF website, that's acfchefs.org, and click on uh, events and competitions, and you can see the manuals, and they kind of go over all the rules. But it's a little bit different from a TV competition. The chefs, we really plan out our, our competition dish. We know how we're going to be scrutinized to display our skills. And it's a really great way for students to be able to really benchmark their skills against the national, um, just the, the ACF national. Isn't that standards. terrifying? Yes, it is. <laughs> but it, you know, it's kind of like that that adrenaline. Oh no! Yeah, yeah I so know. How many how many contestants will you have? So I think we can accommodate up to 40 of them, okay. and and we're opening up the invitation. We have about a dozen folks from Pueblo Community College students and the faculty alike. Um, and we've invited Pikes Peak Community College, and we really want to open up to the whole state. So any culinary students that are ACF members in good standing or professionals that are ACF members in good standing, and you can get your ACF membership. There's still time to become that member. Calling um, our Denver folks that's right. that listen yep. to the show, that's right? right? Hey, I a, heard there's going to be a new ACF member, by the way. Do you have a Facebook page? I do not have a Facebook page. But I just want to try and condense this information sure. for folks. Where, where's the best sure. place to push them again? So PuebloCC.edu, and just in the search box, type culinary, and it'll take you up to our page. We've got a lot of information about competitions we'll, there. We'll put a link on yeah, can the Yeah, can we get that on the Modern Eater? Facebook page, and that will be really cool. So, again, what'd you make for us today? It's Cody Ann's going to try it. So, this is. I'll a, try it too. So, this is you a pasty sandwich. It's an Italian grinder sandwich, and we used our Rome sausage here. And this Rome sausage is the one that's made with green chilies. So, you get a kind of a double dose of uh, Pueblo green chilies because there's some sauteed on top, too. It's messy. Look at look at that. That's what he loves to see there. Spilling <laughs> all over his. Is it good? Is it good? Unbelievable. Mmm ah. Delicious. Mmm, come on. Mmm, there we go. Mmm. <laughs> Fresh ingredients. That tastes amazing. Can you taste those green chilies, Muso Farms, down south? I can. Nice. <laughs> the bread's pretty good too. Really good. Ooh, yeah. That now that's some Aspen baking bread, isn't sure it? Sure is. Nice. I'll, you got to do the segue. Speaking of the bread, new things that are going on with Aspen Baking Company. Last time we saw you were putting out some meals, so some lunches. Yes. What? How is that going? It's so awesome. We're learning. We're growing. Um, actually continuing the expansion right now. Expanding the menu already. It's so fun to have a because we've been with the bakery for I mean over 24 years, and now to have a full kitchen. Um, doing catering, grab-and-go, any of those menus and pairing it with our bakery items is so fun. It's super creative. We just got an amazing new kitchen manager, and she is, like, off the charts. With Where's this kitchen? Is it in your main facility? Yeah, we built it out. So do you have a restaurant tied to it at all, or is it just, just catering only? Just box lunches, grab-and-go sandwiches, corporate catering, business okay. catering. But if you're from an office downtown... Yes. You can reach out, order for the whole office 100%. that same day, or do you need to do? Do you need to plan ahead? So everything's online. Anywhere from 20 to 50 orders we can do the day before, before 11:30. Um, we do need a three-day lead time for anything larger. If you know we have 300, 400, 1,000 box lunches coming in, but uh, www.aspenbaking.com will have all of the information that you need. Nice. You can definitely reach out. So it's awesome. Uh, anything else coming up on the horizon? Tell us a secret. You guys, 
I want didn't to. I ask you I that last to. time? I want to. No, you have a secret? She we does, do. can't you? Elite, uh, just do. allude to something. Keep watching us. <laughs> Keep watching. <laughs> no, it's good. The, we're going into more of the culinary side and getting in with the sandwiches and box lunches. Box lunches are so cool. I mean, the creativity that you can have within those that isn't really portrayed right now in the Denver market is awesome. Every That's time really I cool. see something from Aspen Bay, I, like I perk up. I'm like, oh, yes. Okay. That makes me so happy. That's, ah, well, listen. Ladies, both, thank you so yeah, much. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, thanks for coming down. We're going to see more of them tonight because they're going to stay in the studio with us all night long yes. tonight. Enjoy the food. We've got lots of people here, some fun little other companies as well. Good. Check it out. Fun little other companies as well. I know. Well, I want to say Drinkware. <laughs> Drinkwire is a great little company that we have in the studio tonight. <laughs> We're using all our friends over the Spice Guy. And uh, who's our friend um, with the barbecue supply place right down the road that we like so Proud much? Proud Souls right behind Proud us. Proud Souls right here. Look at this. Oh. I think they need another about 40 minutes. <laughs> on these two my, birds we've got on the rotisserie. It's my estimation. Coming up next, here's a chef to watch. His name's Aaron Landy. And uh, is it Yurdu? Yes. Wait, is that how let you me, pronounce let me get that? that. Cody, and turn around and look at where Air-Doo. it says. Erdu. Mo, Mo, what is that? Erdu? Erdu. Erdu. Yeah, Erdu. I wonder what that stands for. You know what it is? It's a, I got a sneak Wait. peek of it. Why can't we ask Aaron coming okay. up next? All right, ah. we'll take that break. We'll come back. It's 6.30 on 6.30 KHOW, Denver's talk station. Uh, we'll take that break, and we'll come right back. And uh, Aaron Landy, Chef Landy's doing some pretty cool things in the kitchen tonight. Also on the show tonight, Daniel Riley. Here's a cool one. Extended Hands of Hope, um, a really, really cool local charity. And wait until you hear what they're doing with this charity. Jim Pittenger is going to join as well with Biker Jim's Gourmet Hot Dog. Steve Kurowski from the Colorado Brewers Guild. We like catching up with Steve, and he's going to talk about Collaboration Fest, which we're just on the doorstep of as well. Chef Cheeto's in the way. <laughs> Cheeto, you're in the wrong area right there. All right, we got a lot coming up here. Uh, let's take that break on iHeartRadio and keep tuned right here on Facebook Live. Uh, live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, we'll be right back. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Hey, it's Greg Holland back. Any more these days, when I go out to eat, I not only want to eat delicious food and drinks, but I also want to eat where I know my money is going to a local restaurant that I believe in. I believe in The Goods Restaurant on Colfax and Mark Whistler. The Goods is a community restaurant and bar with a menu focusing on vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, and keto options. Comfort food lovers, try the best burger on planet Earth. I love it. Eight ounces of grass-fed beef and never, ever any hormones 
antibiotics or steroids. The Goods is truly a cultural melting pot, a family restaurant open to all. Their bar program is amazing. Saddle up at their long, luxurious bar, have a nice craft beer or a cocktail. Like their Facebook page and stay up on amazing events and specials going on throughout the week. Located on East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Across from East High School with free parking and a garage in back. Look them up online, thegoodsrestaurant.com. I'll see you at The Goods. Hi, everybody. This is Chef Carrie Barrett from Bardo here in Denver. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That sounds good. <laughs> and you are listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Here we go back from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Greg Holland back. Brian Freeman. I don't know where he's at. I don't know. Jay? Jay. Uh, there's Brian. There's Chef Brian. is putting together his dish moment. He's bringing it over to set it up okay. with you here in two seconds. Go ahead. You kill the time. Okay. Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Jay Parker. Every Saturday night, 6 to 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. Our YouTube channel is being rebuilt, so we're putting that together. So if you're a YouTube fan, make sure you uh, stick around to hear that. It's a packed house tonight. Brian Freeman, are you excited to try Chef uh, Aaron's dish? Oh, I'm really pumped. Well, there's so many dishes going around tonight. What do you? I mean, try just one, Jay? Please now. Stay on camera. That's what I oh, need you to do. Oh, yeah, there we camera. go. Yes, sir. Talk about some of the vegetables at Growers Organic that Chef Aaron is going to be using tonight. Well, he's definitely using some nice avocados. Um, that, you know, that's one of my favorites. We were, He and I were having a big talk about ways you can cook avocado um, as opposed to eating them raw. He's got some beautiful peppers, um, some incredible peppers right now out of Arizona that we're sourcing. You know, Colorado's a little quiet except our friends over at Field to Fork. We've got some lettuce from uh, Fields to Fork. How, ma- how many different Good. farmers is he cooking with as far as vegetables go? Uh, tonight, you know, I want to see that he's probably got six different farms over there representing. People like Rico Farms, Bridges uh, is another one. The Wholesome Family, Crisantis family down in Nogales, Arizona. Um, boy, there's, uh, oh, we've got some beautiful oranges from my friend Ryan San Jose. Um, Rainbow Valley Orchards out of California. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of good stuff over there, Jay. Well, i got to tell you. You know, as I look around the room, there's a lot of friendly faces, and uh, there's a lot of chefs. Chito Ariola, one of our favorite chefs in the world, he's running around. We had a little interview with Little Rich, and we're still working out the kinks on that. Idle Wild Spirits, you guys, and I'm going to throw them up on uh, on video here. They're behind me. Idle Wild Spirits is throwing together some cocktails with uh, Kevin Galaba from Friends and Family, who will be on later in the show. And uh, Chef Aaron is supposed to be over here with his dish. Let me go check well, on Well, and remember him. also Chris Johnson from Rome Sausage started his career as a chef, right? Isn't that what we heard tonight on the show? I didn't hear the inter- I didn't hear the interview. Oh, with him. you didn't. So, no. Come on, Jay. Well, it was I, I, this guy really seems like I'm excited to have Chris as a new sponsor of the show. He seems like a super nice family guy. Um, he'll be really really great sponsor. Um, just because we're all about community and that's, you know, that's what it's about in my eyes. Well, I think that you're absolutely right. We are about community. And uh, we're about telling the stories of the chefs. And as Chef Aaron starts to slide over some of his food, that wow. I'll have on, I'll have Look on. at that plate. Do you see that plate? He let me taste some of the rice that he brought tonight is actually, I believe, Iranian. Can you believe that? Ira- well, Iranian what's, rice. What's the difference between Iranian rice and... Well, the, and uh, something that he was telling me, I want him to tell, tell all of our listeners and viewers on Facebook while he's here... 
But he was telling me this rice is so unique that there's nothing like it in the world. We're just talking Aaron Landy from... Iridu. Iridu. That's it right there. We were debating about it, but we like it. Iridu. So Iridu, Iridu is actually, uh, it's the Garden of Eden in Sumerian. It's the basis for the Garden of Eden. Uh, was an old city in Sumeria. There's actually still an active archaeological site. So this is the first time that people come together and do agriculture and grow things like wheat and barley and rice. And uh, so that's what we're trying to do. Go back to ancient grains, uh, go way back and really look at nutrition. All right, I'm going to start the segment now. We've got the chef in front of us and uh, Aaron Landy. Uh, he's chef of an up-and-coming restaurant in Boulder. We can't tell you the location. It's called Aridu and uh, undisclosed location for you, but set to open up when, chef? Uh, we're set to open this summer. We're thinking July-ish. Uh, talk about Chef Landy. Talk about your, yourself, your background, where you're from, your passion for food. Just give us a sense of who you are since you're going to come on the scene strong here. Okay, well, thank you. Well, look, I've been uh, functioning as the uh, executive chef of Lucky Pie in Louisville for the last few years. Uh, functioning? Uh, functioning. I'm functioning. Oh, I, I get up and I just <laughs> hope so I function every yeah, right, day so type um, of thing. But, but uh, you know, my I've been striving to do something really cutting edge with the farm to table thing. Um, this concept really has to do with honoring the people who I've been working with for the last decade or so. So right out of culinary school, I got into cahoots with uh, with Cure Farm, with Tui Farm, with Red Wagon Farm, with a lot of these wonderful farms now in Boulder. Now go slow. Those are Boulder Farms. Those are Boulder okay. Farms. So and th that's just because it was your stomping ground. You want to know who your neighbors are that ground. have food, right? Yeah. I mean, what this comes out of is after culinary school, I ended up my first real good job as a line cook was at Ladicio with with back when actually uh, Antonio Ladicio still owned it um, and with Sakim Isaac as the chef and he's the one who really drove me to, to the farm to table thing I had been playing with it I was involved a little bit going and seeing farms and stuff in school but then when I got a job at a place that was really doing that it opened up a whole new world for me now I had my first executive chef job in 2014 at Cafe Soleil in Boulder and the first thing I did was make a real strong connection with Cure started going to the farm twice a week picking up all my stuff there same thing with Tui Farm uh, just really started to become friends with these farmers rather than just business acquaintances uh, at this point in my career there are my drive in everything. Uh, even at Lucky Pie, you know, during the summers, I know where 95% of my product came from, who grew it, who raised it. And I, I just think that we, the way that this world is going, it's really important that we focus local. Okay, right? you know, and when did you know about Growers Organic? Uh, so I actually learned about Growers Organic at Ladicio, yeah, years and years yep. ago. So let's face it, um, and again, first of all, your passion, Aaron, yeah. is is exactly what I appreciate. The passion for what we do, our neighbors, our food, what you can forge within your own community. It's a really cool thing to be able to do because let's face it, um, there's a, a and I call it just lazy, sure. lazy and uninformed, or you just sure. don't care. And, and some chefs just get the product, uh, push it out, and God bless them, you know. But you had an awakening. Well, this, yeah, for me, this career doesn't mean anything unless I know the people I'm dealing with. It gives you, if you know 
who raised the chicken that you're cooking or who raised the lamb that you're cooking and who grew the vegetables, it gives you a completely different respect for ingredient. It becomes more personal. Now, in terms of the local thing, it also has to do with carbon footprint. It has to do with not importing things from Malaysia that you can get from Pueblo. You know what I mean? It has to do with, with everything functioning in a healthy way. Now, this is, I guess, the main driving force for me would be never losing that connection between sun and plants or animals and farmer and right to me. As soon as we cloud that, as soon as we don't know our source, this is why I love working with Growers Organic, I really like and I really need to know where my food is coming from. It's essential. Aaron, it's interesting that you say that because the reality, I think the biggest thing with our food in the coming future is about transparency. People want to see and know where their food comes from because it's more about the story of who raised it, where was it raised, what kind of nutrients did you put in it. And what family are you supporting? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Keeping your money local, folks. Keep your money local. Uh, We are very seasonal here in Colorado. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. But trusted relationships, and that's where we circle back around to guys like Brian Freeman. Now, we, if we could keep ourselves in Colorado produce year-round, we Oh, we do totally it. would, yeah. But on the times that you can't source locally from you within... You have to fill in gaps. And what better to fill in the gap than Brian Freeman? What does that mean, Brian, when, okay, we want to source local. We have all these great farms. Some of them are ramping up. Some of them not ready. Some of them will be uh, planting their seeds here shortly, getting ready for that. But what does that mean to us here locally when we want to have the best in produce? Where do you go for it? Well, you know, I, I still try to hold true to the small farm values, um, and that's one of the things. So I, I go out west, um, I'll go down south, but I'll, I'll make sure that I'm dealing with someone you, where I know take who's... take a trip into California. Oh, right? gosh, yeah, and I've personally met. You know, that's one of the things that I would say is very different about, you know, myself, the buyers at Growers Organic, you know, our purchasing director, Bruno. We have actually met these farmers, yeah. and I, I think there's very few places in town that actually know who was growing it because they buy through bigger brokerages and them, yeah. themselves yeah. or they buy th- through big farm conglomerates where you don't really know. And so, you know, listen, I, I, I'll be the first to say sometimes you have to go to one of the bigger conglomerates because it's about a price issue for a grocery store or something of that nature. But what's cool, I think, about even some of the big ones that we use, like a Braga, it's Braga Family Farms. Sure. I've met the matriarch of the family. Sure, I've met personal. Yes, I've met the people growing. I've been in the fields with them and that's that's what I think is so so important about where our food comes from. Understanding that, understanding how the soil plays a role in it. Yeah. Or it might be how in we're in aquaponics. Our friends down at South River Aquaponics sure. in Montrose. Sure, sure. You know, and then we've got greenhouse growers here in Colorado. You know, we work with um, a, a company down in Larkspur and, and we're the exclusive distribution for one town farms that does a all local salad mix year round. There's lots of great things about that. Pardon? Field to Fork. Field to Fork. Our great friends, Jessica, I said that. Jessica, Osage Gardens in Newcastle there. It's getting getting me excited, Greg, because in just a few months, we're going to be on the road visiting all these farms. Road trip 2019. That's what Um, we like to do is get out there and meet these folks and be able to bring back the stories. Actually, I want to do something here real quick. I'm just going to throw a curveball. In the next segment, I want to um, go over what you're going to feed folks on the menu at at 
this uh, undisclosed new restaurant in Boulder. I, I actually know where it's at and where it's going to be. I do, too. I signed an agreement, though. Uh, a non-disclosure. Yeah, Chef Aaron Landy here with us from uh, Uradu. Did I do that right? Eridu. 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 Um, where is Jane? Jane, let me see if I can find Jane. I am Jane dying to ask all kinds room. of questions about this. Oh, I want to. Let's rice. take a break. I want to introduce you to a new gal that I was turned on to this week just by reaching out, just by she she watches the show. Uh, there's Jane. 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 Grab that headset, would you? Grab that headset. This is cool. You want to hear a cool story? Oh, yeah. We, we actually just met. Did you just right. meet? Okay, cool. I, I didn't expect that I was going to do this, but we're talking about hyper-local community farms, ranches, yeah. um, the obligation of really when you find good products in the community. So here comes on the scene Jane. Jane, what's your last name? Let's get let's get her mic oh. on. There we go. Right. Sorry about that. Jane, okay, sorry. No, you're fine. Jane Levine. Jane Levine. So Jane Levine reached out through Facebook and said she was turned on to us. Um, by another gal that was on the show. Anyways, the, the, it, it all comes to fruition. This uh, message that she sent me, it's Jefferson Farms? Yes, it is. Jefferson Farms in Salida. Uh, they're getting in the business of uh, rabbit, yes. right? Yes, yeah. And uh, the, sustain, uh, the sustainability of rabbit is just amazing. The protein content, the meat versus bone ratio, it's all delicious stuff. But here you are reaching out to us, and, and I said, well, why don't you just come down, see the show, meet some people. Here's a guy in Chef Landy that I think you guys are going to hit it off nicely because he's going to be using protein as kind of an accoutrement, a, a side or an accentuation of a dish, right? Yeah, so basically our whole concept is building complete plant proteins. Um, it's Basically, it's a grain and legume concept, right? Uh, so our meats are going to be all local. We're going to absolutely know who raised to everything, and they're going to function more as a garnish. It's going to be more about, let's taste three or four ounces of this incredible rabbit or incredible yeah. steak that's, you know, coming out of Pierce or wherever. Sure. Um, it's a little bit different way of looking at nutrition, too. I mean, this ties in, obviously, sustainability with the rabbit's fantastic. I would love to get into that. But I think any time we're meeting people who are doing the good work, you know what I mean? Uh, I think this all this all ties into this whole concept of community, yeah. of knowing where your food is coming from. It's all it, this is all good stuff. We're and gonna go over your new menu at Aradu. Let's do it. And uh, I want you to take about uh, 60 seconds to talk about Jefferson Farms, if you would, Jane. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's so important to us is that these animals have a good life, that they're raised well, they're raised in a good environment and they have a quality to them that reflects in the product they end up as. Yeah. So we're careful with what we feed, we're careful with providing good sunlight, you know, natural ventilation, heating when it's needed in the winter time. So that's a big priority for us. And we love rabbit because of the, as you said, the sustainability. One rabbit, one female rabbit produces more meat in three in, in a year than one cow can produce in nearly two years. Uh, so as far as the energy requirements to produce this protein, yeah. it's unequaled. Yeah. And Jane, what, you, what got you interested in this? We grew up eating rabbit. You know, rabbit is a depression era food. My grandparents raised rabbit to feed their families. We always raised rabbit. We had it more than chicken as kids. So nice. we've always enjoyed it. When can we get our hands on some of your rabbits? Uh, in a couple days, I can bring some. Really? Up. Okay, you're on the show next week. Well, Jane, I will. have a truck down there twice a week. 
I'm excited to see your rabbit because I have lots of shots. I thought we were going to go see the farm. Okay, let's do, let's go there first then. Let's see the farm. Let's go there first. It's important yeah. to see where they're coming from. I believe it. So wonderful. I, I think so too. Excellent. Uh, so, so we're taking a road trip next week. Is that no, what I, I heard? Think, folks, I think. I think. Uh, listen, it's a, it's a great place, and I give her 60 seconds to talk about the farm, and she thought it was important to talk about the rabbits and and what they're fed and and their lifestyles and and just the humane way that they're growing these rabbits. The husbandry so. that they're showing their animals. The rabbits have their own barn. That's yeah, how that's where you're staying. That's yeah. important. You're staying with no, the rabbit. No, you get a beautiful <laughs> vacation rental. It's luxury. <laughs> we'll take good care of you. I promise. Awesome. I Thank you, Jay. So there's Thank a new you. relationship. I hope to really see that great. flourish. Pleasure truly. to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so doing much. business with you. So for for you, Jane, um, chefs that are listening to us here locally, how can they inquire? I say send a text to me is the easiest way. You're giving out your phone number. All right. Yep. 303-870-3056. It's the easiest way to me, for me to track things. We 870-3056. Yep. There she is. Okay. You'll right. be back on the show next right. weekend. Thank you so All right. much. And you're coming up to plate some food for us. Okay. And I think we're going to do some chops. The chops are ready to go. Yeah, Actually, yeah, chops ready are ready. To go. It's going to be stu- good stuff. And All right. I and we're going to get some plates. about this rice, too. So. We yeah, need to yeah. take a break before yep, we, we go? we need to take a break. So we're going to take a break on our iHeart station and continue with Chef Landy right here. Uh, these are the type of guys that you want to eat their food. Trust me. He's going to be busted on the scene. Take that break. We'll be right back. Breaking off from iHeart Radio, continuing live on Facebook. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website. TheModernEater.com. Hey, Colorado. This is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on The Modern Eater Talk Show. Growers Organic is a Colorado sourcing company who provides Colorado's greatest chefs with the best organic produce. I've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years, and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again. Chefs who receive the highest rating on Good Food 100 choose Growers Organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table. Join us in the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Hey, it's Peter Allman with South River Aquaponics. As a chef and aquaponics farmer, I get the importance of conserving our limited water supply. Did you know Colorado is suffering from the most severe drought since 2012? Water shortages are very real, especially to Colorado farmers. Now here's the good news. Aquaponic farming uses 90% less water than traditional farming, while producing four and a half times more food per square foot. Using traditional farming techniques, farmers would flood their fields with large quantities of water, leaving much of this water underutilized and just plain wasted. But because aquaponics is a recirculating system, the only water used is what the plants uptake and some very minor evaporation. South River Aquaponics has been running a 55,000-gallon system year-round for four years, and we use less than 500 gallons of water per day. Education is very important to us here at South River Aquaponics. I invite you to learn more about aquaponics at southriveraquaponics.com. South River Aquaponics, the future of farming. Want to bake the best? Bake with the best. Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas and the Modern Eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant-based ingredients. I love Ardent Mills, and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more at ardentmills.com. 
All right, uh, back to the show momentarily. A-plus beverage solutions, another great hyper-local business. And if you're in the business of pouring beer, you want to be in the business with Jeff Rourke and A-plus beverage solutions. Uh, how many years? 20 years in the business. He's a family man specializing in tap installations. He can do beer, wine, water, coffee, nitro. Uh, what's your desire? He can make your dreams come reality. Foam is money because if you're pouring inefficient beer, boys, what are you doing? You're pouring, pouring your money, money down, down the drain. drain. Please don't pour your money down the drain. Just get a hold of Jeff Rourke and A-plus beverage solutions. He'll give you an A-plus report card on your draft systems. Nothing tackier than pouring that inefficient foamy beer. Uh, how do you get a hold of Jeff? 720-272-3809. Let me give it to you again. Jeff Rourke and A-plus beverage solutions at 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke. A-plus beverage solutions. Whose cuisine reigns supreme? You're listening to the Modern Eater Show. The ultimate gourmet challenge. And it's time for In the Kitchen. All right, we ain't joking. In the Kitchen, we can do this. Live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Uh, on 630 How, our local affiliate, and on Facebook Live. Thanks for joining us tonight as we continue with Chef Landy. Uh, from Eridu that's coming up in Boulder. And we're just giving you, listen, remember the name. Remember the name because this is where you're going to want to eat. Chef, welcome back to the show. Now tell us uh, primarily, just give us a rundown of your menu. Spend a minute and a half, two minutes on your menu. So what we're trying to do is almost like a Chipotle-style concept with grains and legumes. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a bunch of grains and legumes cooked off. So our grains right now, what we're playing with is farro and millet and quinoa, uh, some basmati rice. Uh, We're trying to get back to these ancient grains, things like quinoa and millet, very, very high in protein, really good for you. Uh, We're also in the game of creating complete plant protein. So we have all our grains, right, our rices and our our, uh, millet and our quinoa. We've also got legumes that we're going to have available every day, garbanzo beans, adzuki beans, lentils, mortgage lifter beans, bolita beans come from Growers Organic. And so, therefore, we're going to be making complete proteins. You're going to get to choose your grains and legumes. And then we're either going to be making salads or peel-offs for you, right? We're going to start bombing in vegetables. During the summertime, there's going to be all local veggies, yeah? And... uh, Aaron, wait, i got to slow you down because yeah. you are going fast yeah, on this stuff. Yeah, some good ground. I, I love it, but tell people because you and I have had some deep conversations about just the rice, and you just sit there right now and just say basmati. So, Earlier, yeah. you tell me, I mean, and this is when we first met a, a month or so ago, you tell me, Brian, I'm getting this very special rice all the way from Iran? Yeah, well, we thought it was going to come from Iran. It's actually ended up coming from India, but it's fantastic. So this was actually about a two and a half month process of finding the rice. We wanted one that would hold up in terms of texture, and we wanted one that was unbelievably aromatic. It's like if we're going to play with all these ancient grains and add basmati rice, it's got to be the best basmati rice that we can find. So we literally kind of scoured the earth, and we got this stuff out of India. It's a non-GMO product. It's fantastic. It holds up very nicely. Uh, We're doing a lot of like cooking and then reheating, so we needed a rice that would be good to like 
cook it, let it cool down, and then bomb it into a pilaf or a salad and have it have the right texture, right? So we're taking all our grains and legumes very seriously. The idea is with the help of Growers Organic and our own connections is to have all of our grains and all of our legumes coming locally, yeah? This is not easy to do. Things like farro, millet. We're in cahoots with Gene Hediger, who happens to be the largest producer of organic millet in the United States, yep. right? We're in cahoots with White Mountain doing beautiful quinoa. So we're getting all these things from right here, which to me is really, really special. The rice is the one thing that we just haven't found a basmati. Now, that's not to say if I can find a basmati from California or Tennessee that stacks up, I would love to play with it. We nice. just haven't gotten there. Um, but yeah, emphasis being on local. So after we've decided if we're going to go hot or cold on your dishes, then we either add one of our vinaigrettes or we start stir-frying everything as we did, sautéing, uh, to make these kind of peel-offs. Uh, we're going to have big-time toppers. There's always going to be avocado available. There's always going to be these beautiful pepitas and sunflower seeds. Bacon, why not? I mean, part of the concept Ooh, here has good. to do with taking things that people, I hate to say it, but people I associate this, a lot of these foods with tasting like cardboard. Let me and get what this. we're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, we need to show some of this beautiful <laughs> sure, sure. food. What we're trying to do is make sure that people's perception of these beautiful, nutritious grains and legumes is not that it tastes like cardboard. So well, but this I'm is like doing, the original protein, Aaron. This is exactly. a macrobiotic diet. Exactly. That's so, I mean, macrobiotic diets have been around for thousands of years. For sure. And, and you are... A, bringing it back to life, which I love to see. Well, but we're doing it a little bit differently. Is heavier emphasis on protein. Um, but, yes, uh, then we also have pickled things. We're going to be doing pickles, probably some lacto-fermentation. We're going to do some, like, quickles like this. Right here we've got some beautiful uh, scarlet fire turnips and some uh, carrots, both of which came from Growers Organic, actually. And those scarlet fire turnips are from my friend Christine Koch and her very small, you know, small farm that she's banded together a bunch of smaller farms up in San Juan Batista. Look at this food. It's so I mean, awesome, that, man. That dish is wow. awesome. And so, yeah, I can totally appreciate that. Now, you're not going to serve those kind of servings right there. No, no. This is just kind of family style. So the serving is going to be a really reasonable serving. We're looking for like a $13 to $14 price point with a protein. Wow. So you're going to get all your complete proteins with your plants, your wonderful local vegetables, your wonderful local beans and legumes. And then, like I said, the protein's a garnish. You're going to be able to taste something that somebody has produced locally that really cares about their animals. For example, Triple M Bar Lamb. Let's talk about Mary for a second. They're out of Manzanola, and she is a birth to slaughter lamb operation. They are the only people who these lambs come in contact with. They're not going to a feedlot somewhere else and getting the lambs. These lambs are born on the property, they're raised there, and then they're, they're gone in for processing. Wow. Okay, 20 seconds. When is your restaurant going to be open? And give them a little secret, so a little we're, hint. We're, we're looking for uh, right around July, and it's going to be smack in the middle of downtown Boulder. You're not going to be able to miss it. <laughs> I love Look it. Look forward to seeing you all there. Remember the name, Chef Aaron Landy, and uh, Eridu is coming at you very, very soon in Boulder. Thank you so much, Chef. Thank you, Thank Chef. You. There Thank he you. is. Thank you. All so right, much. hour number two will continue coming up next from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. I'm out of my tweet. It's time for the second course, hour number two of The Modern Eater. What are you hungry for? Here's to a meal we're all here for. Delicious and tasty. Now we're getting to the good stuff. With your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. All right, hour number two starts. And happy birthday, Brian Freeman. Oh, thank you, guys. Oh, I really appreciate that. 
Thanks, man. Thanks, man. You know, yeah. you guys did a lot for me here tonight. It was really cool. Look at these all these cakes. This. I can't believe what Cheeto's wife did with this one cake right here. It, I mean, it just it, all the decorations are handmade. I'm sure with sugar, which so I love. So our friend Cheeto Ariola, he's the uh, kind of resident chef here. His wife Cheeto. put together a great cake, and then our friends from uh, La Patisserie Francaise. Uh, right down the street, she put on a she put a cake together for you as well. So you're all full cake. And then Biker Jim, uh, last but not least, he brought in some cop cupcakes as well. Oh no, they're the least. <laughs> Look at this stuff. This stuff is fantastic. That looks are like there weenies? Meat. Are there weenies in there? Uh, lots of that's weenies the, everywhere. That's the voice of uh, Biker Jim Pittenger from Biker Jim hot dogs and then uh joining the show right now daniel riley uh, you've got the extended hands of hopes hat on tonight yes yes representing extended hands of hope tonight first off happy birthday brian thank love you. you thank um, you man. and i love you too greg i love this whole show thank you so much for the opportunity to come back no doubt and talk about what we're doing you guys are amazing keep up the great work yeah thanks. and i love jim too he's a good ah. friend of mine <laughs> and he makes fantastic fantastic weenies you're a supporter of this uh, great foundation that's helping out, and there's some certain things that you do to do donations with that, Jim. So we we do barely anything. We we run uh, several fundraisers that we can. We participate in the fundraisers that Extended Hands of Hope is doing. Uh, you know, it's like, like Danny said, it is a it's an unknown yet very important part of the culture here in Colorado that I had no idea about until I met you guys about a year ago. And you know, happy to do my part to you know try and help the, help out in this area. Will you go ice but, fishing? Um, no, I will not. <laughs> Why I'm, won't you? Uh, so I'm going this to was be a in, part of my master plan. Yeah, gonna if you're going to go ice fishing, you want Biker Jim yeah. with you. I mean, a uh, funny story. We Jim I'm actually graciously, fisherman. Jim graciously volunteered to to supply uh, sausages and, and and hot dogs up to the whole crew. But it was a logistical nightmare figuring out how to actually get his cart out onto the ice. <laughs> and so we had to scale that down. And uh, it turns out, too, that the ice fishing authenticity, a little bit more lies in that intimacy of, of five, six guys in a shelter kind of cooped up for a while, uh, you know, chatting with each other than it does having like a big party. So we really wanted to focus in more on that opportunity, which is why we engaged some of our other donors and and partners here in the conversation uh, and we asked our constituents men what do you want what would bring you out to participate and, and that's what led us to this men only event it wasn't to exclude women but it was to create a safe space for men to come and engage and have this conversation and understand how they can participate and so we said well what if we go fishing uh, what if we bring in some nice cigars some nice whiskey some craft beer and we just let you hang out and have a good time and we, we make sure you understand why you're there and what we're doing and, and what we're hoping to uh, educate you on. But just enjoy yourself and, and know that you're in a community of other men who, who care about this cause and who are passionate about this cause. Or maybe they're just curious about how they can participate. Okay, so, Daniel, I'm going. Yeah, where, where I'm do you going. Go to sign I'm up? going. I'm going to go. I'm going to go do this. Where, where is, which lake are we fishing? Yes. Where, lake where do Dillon. You go? So we are Lake Dillon. A week from today, so that'll be on Saturday, March 16th. I'm not going. There's two sessions. Yeah, uh, great one, but we'll, we'll go another time, okay. right? Uh, okay. Right. And uh, Big Ed's Fishing Ventures is donating the entire guided experience. So the shelters, the gear, the tackle, the bait, the poles, the chairs, the whole thing. Uh, we have a ton of other great community sponsors here just from our Metro Denver network. Uh, we have uh, whiskey being donated by Talnua, who is, I think, here. Talnua is over here. 
They're doing yes, some they cool are. stuff. Just tasted their stuff. Uh, they're do, making making some old uh, old world Irish style whiskey, a single pot still, the first of its kind in North America. Laws, you guys know Laws whiskey. Sure. Those guys have always been a supporter of ours. They're, they're wonderful. Um, Ironton over here in uh, Rhino, and On Point in Lafayette, and then a couple craft beer uh, partners as well. New Image Brewery, and I think New Image. They brought beer. us beer. Yeah, New Image brought some beer. Thank you, New Image. Uh, out of Arvada, they've got tons of beer floating around here. And then uh, Platte Park out of, uh, uh, you know, the DU uh, wash, uh, yeah. wash Park area. So, um, so you have six people coming to this. That's a lot of booze for six people. It's 100 people. Uh, 100, oh, 100 men. people. But they're going to yes. go in tents of six. Yes. Oh, um, and one more one more partner I want to throw a shout-out to, Treeline Bloody Mary Mix. It's a local Bloody Mary mix uh, manufacturer that makes wonderful stuff. Uh, so that in the morning, if you're not really ready for whiskey and cigars, we'll have some some, uh, some bloody tasty Marys. Bloody Marys Good for those for you guys, guys as well. well but, and Daniel, you, you do a great drum. thing with your d- drinkware. Yeah, drinkware, uh, it's probably going to be in place during up some Bloody Marys up there. But, you know, we're doing some sustainable metal stirs. Uh, just to uh, help people reduce plastic waste. I love and, uh, Making them sexy and cool so that people actually want to use them, you know, so. Multi-purpose. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you make like a Coke spoon uh, stir <laughs> stick. I'm thinking more of a, a weenie skewer. A weenie skewer. Yeah, I've so we, yeah, we've got some stuff there. You so. can find this uh, on Eventbrite. You can just search out Men's Ice yeah. Fishing and Fundraiser event, and then you have a Facebook, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, and I will say, if you just go to extendedhandsofhope.org, uh, we put right there on the landing page a link to buy tickets for this ice fishing event. So Done and done. Thank um, you. And, guys, I, we can't thank you enough. We love you so much. Uh, you've been always so gracious Thanks, to supporting brother. the work that we're doing here uh, for this, this very vulnerable, very marginalized population of people in our community that need our help. And so thank you uh, for the thank opportunity you. to share thank about it. Thank you for volunteering. Yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you for volunteering. Daniel uh, Riley and biker Jim Pittenger, thank you, guys. I know, Jim, you brought the cupcakes. Yes, he did. Oh, and he brought that smile. Come on, what are you talking about? He brought the smile, look too. Look at that. Steve yeah. Karowski is oh, coming up. Look at those Look at that guy. He's a great <laughs> shit, uh, man. I, let's what have a, a show off. And uh, cheers, happy birthday to Brian. Yeah, happy why not? Brian. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back. And uh, Steve Karowski coming up next from the Colorado Brewers Guild right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny, brewmaster at Brews Beers where Denver's best selection of badass Belgian-style beers is waiting for you. Brews is in high gear this winter, with some serious badassery coming down the pipe. The infamous Hellraiser is on tap, along with Atlas Quadruple, Talus and Trident Triples, and our unique champagne beer, Brut Le Grand. We're celebrating Stout Month with our Belgian-style Onyx, Toasted Oat, and Belgian Chocolate Stouts. And coming soon, Double Dog Dare Imperial IPA, Hibiscus Saison, Whiskey Sour Double, and a limited bottle edition of our Brett Saison, Farmstead Funk. Check out all our beers on our website, along with daily food trucks and more, at brewsbeers.com. That's brews, spelled B-R-U-Z, 1675 West 67th Avenue in Denver, where your dog is always welcome. Join us soon for some Belgian-style badassery. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And if you get hungry while you're sipping on some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. Hey, it's Chef Elon Wenzel, owner of Element Knife Company. If you cook, 
then you'll know the importance of a quality knife and proper care. My training in Japan exposed me to exceptional cutlery. That's why I am so excited to offer you the knives I fell in love with. Element Knife Company is chef-driven, and my goal is to support and educate. Get at me for a knife clinic or conversation. Find me at elementknife.com or by simply calling 303-460-4628. For the best knives in your kitchen, think Element Knife Company. Justin Brunson, Old Major, you're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. All right, back at it. We can do this. The Modern Eater Show live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Greg Hollenbach, the birthday boy, Brian Freeman. Don't forget to uh, spring forward tonight. Now you're going to lose an hour. I like, man, I'll tell you what, I like it, man. Uh, 7 o'clock, getting darker right about then. That's my, that 4.30 stuff in the middle of the winter. I just cannot hang with that app. Yeah, you know what's oh. weird? It sort of throws me a little bit because I'm a morning guy, you know, because of the distribution yeah, yeah. of produce. No, I get it, my man. So I wake up, you know, usually before the sun. I used to um, do morning radio, get up at 3.30 every single morning. I never miss it, and I'll never turn back. That's Oh, that's I love sure. it. I love it. What's wrong with you, man? Now Come there's on, only man. one 7 o'clock in the day, and it's 7 p.m. I don't even know about the other one. Uh, We're going to continue. He's a friend of ours. Twice in one week, Steve Krauski, how are you doing? The Colorado Brewers uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. A little spot. different than uh, Wednesday when you were in here. It was a different scene. It was, <laughs> it was very intimate and a lot quieter on Wednesday. This Way is, less food, too, by the way. This is there was zero food. We had plenty of beer. Yes. And some nice sake, but we didn't have any we didn't have any food. I got all kinds of stuff I want to ask you, but first of all, why don't you just say uh, what you do with the Colorado Brewers Guild and then what the Colorado Brewers Guild is. Sure, yeah. The Colorado Brewers Guild, we're a state uh, trade association, and we handle, uh, we promote and protect Colorado craft brewers all over the state. We have 400 breweries, um, and, and making alcohol is a very regulated industry. The government likes to get their hands in there. So we like to make sure that these brewing laws are friendly to breweries in the state. Um, and then from a promotion standpoint, that's where I come in. I do marketing and operations, so I promote beer to people all over the world. And you Colorado do it well. Beer. You Thank do you. It very are, well. are you sort of an advocate, lobbyist? Where do you fall into the, all that? Um, we are we are lobbyists. Um, okay. We do we do work with lobbyists, and we go to the Capitol and, and talk to our legislators about what's happening in our industry. We're $3 billion. We're 8,000 8, full-time employees in the state. So we're a big economic impact, so we go let them know what's going on. When did it start? Uh, the first craft brewery in Colorado was 1979, and we started in 1995. What was so that we're brewery? 25 years. Boulder Beer. Really? Yes. They yeah. were the 34th liquor license or brewing license since Prohibition. It's it, so, craft. So, yeah. Craft. Are, you, are they more about craft? I'm sorry, Greg. Are you more about craft, Steve? Yes, or? we are. We, we represent craft and independently owned breweries. Okay. So Coors can't can't be part of you uh, they, yeah well not that they can't but like they have their own um, legislative interests and we we handle the legislative interests for all the small businesses and small okay in the state. do they try to get in do no. some of these big guys come no, in? but we okay. work with them when when we have similar interests um, for sure like it's not oil and water by any means they're just a much different they're they're the world's largest single site brewery in the world right like so they have a different approach than what People like a Trepid Sojanor is and, and and Ratio Brewery. It's a much different thing, right? Sure. So. so delineate Colorado Brewers Guild from the Brewers Association. The Brewers Association is located in Boulder, and they're the national trade association for all 7,000 breweries in the mm-hmm. country. 
Um, so what they, we do on a state level, they do on a federal or national level. Gotcha. Wow. So it's an interesting thing because I think of the advocates of the one-offs, right? And that's really what you want to do. You want a community of voices to come together, and you're going to help them through legislation, uh, through their branding, through the voice, whatever really they need help for. But the model of just business in general, I've had this conversation with uh, Julia Hertz many times, is that, and I think she had a finance background as well. But the model of business is finances you want to grow. You know, at, at one point in time, let's face it, Coors was the original OG kind of independent small brewery. Yeah. But by just repetition and and time, you grow out of that to where you're a large brewery with other interests. And you look at Jim Cook from Sam Adams, who they, the Brewers Association raised the, the, the ceiling yeah. for however many barrels of beer he brews so he can continue to use that multi-billion dollar label of craft beer. Right, right. Uh, so how do you continue to know who, who you can really help and versus, you know, membership is everything. I mean, yeah. you want money, right? Yeah, so for us, it's independently owned. You have to be an independently owned brewery. Uh, we have um, larger global breweries coming in, buying some of these smaller breweries um, as a strategy. We're a little smoke and mirrors out there on what's happening. So they can buy some smaller breweries, get beer on the shelf. It looks like an independent brewery, but you're actually buying Anheuser-Busch branded beer or something like that, right? So. Um, we work with independently owned businesses only, right? And so the Brewers Association sets that standard on what craft beer is um, and its ingredients, its ownership, um, and its size. And as far as ownership, you can't be owned more than 25% from yeah. a global brewing entity. Wow. Well, and where do people like, you know, New Belgium? Where does someone like that? They were small, but are they still small? They're, I mean, are they they're, cons- empo- they're employee owned? Yes. So, so they're as independent as they come. Even okay. though they do about 700,000 barrels a year, every employee there is the owner of that brewery. So they're as independent as well, they Well, we gets. have such great ones here because we have like Oscar Blues, New Belgium, Odell's. Yeah. I, you know, in my eyes, and maybe I'm just impartial because I live in Colorado and I have for so long, but we have some of truly the best smaller breweries yes. that have blown up. And these people that were, you know, just, I mean, I remember when I came here back in the early 90s and was drinking a 90 shilling, I put on one of my shirts the other day and they're like, I ran into someone in the brewing community and they're like, holy smokes, where'd you get that antique? Right, right. But I, 90 shilling was one of my favorite beers 20 it's, years ago. It still is one of my favorites. Like revisiting 90 shilling and fat tire every yeah. once in a while, you're, you got to remind yourself what the state was built on. It was state. It was built on amber ales. So really. when we talk about that turning point, because let's face it, some go from craft to Mainstream beer, big beer, in other words. How how do you know that tipping point? And just like football teams, baseball teams, anybody, there's a contingency of followers of brewers. Should they turn their backs on them when they're not craft at that point in time? Uh, Or if they have other interests infused? What do you do with that, Steve? That's a serious question. It's a a very difficult thing in craft beer because a lot of these small businesses, um, independently owned businesses, don't have the same advantages of a globally owned craft yeah. As I use air Like, look at brewery. Ballast Point. Exactly. So they have the resources that a, a typical small craft brewery can't have to get on the shelf to get the proper distribution, and they can dominate, right? They can dominate in the grocery stores and the chain stores. Why um, is it important to support craft? Um, I would say it is it is um, supporting your small business. All these people that say, hey, I support local, yeah. 
Well, this is where you put your money where your mouth is. I thought I could local. hang you up on the obvious, but you went right to it and you, no, you knocked it out of the park. Yeah. yeah, it's you know people are like, I support local. Well, yeah. then then this is the best, easiest way to support local yeah. in Denver or in Colorado is to support your local brewery. And, and I say that with the you know hyper local is re- really what we're all about. Would you rather put? Um, some some ballet shoes on a on a daughter of a, a, a business that's locally owned, or would you rather put another boat in a yacht yard by another huge uh, uh, corporate interest well, company? Well, sort of the same thing was happening with beer in grocery stores now, right? Yeah. People are some people are choosing convenience to buy their beer at King Super, Safeway, Albertsons, but reality is a local liquor store. They're losing those sales, and if you really want to support local, buy local craft beer in a locally owned liquor store, and then you're going to, yes, you're sending their daughter to ballet class instead of buying your beer at Walmart it where you're a buying a third one, boat. For, and and for it's a guy. mindset, right? It, it's yeah. a decision. It's just like if you go out and you'll, you'll eat at like a Kyle Mendenhall restaurant or even um, tonight with uh, Chef Landy, that it, it's a decision that you make in your head as a consumer. It really is. There, there's a switch that should go off to say, yeah. this is important to me, and then following through with that. Well, as but well. I would say, though, guys, from a, you know, I've, I've been supporting this local movement, you know, for more than 25 years. I've been, I mean, I was one of the people, one of the well, first you people to do. Produce. Well, farm to table, like, that was something that we were, you know, breaking ground on 25 years ago in the early 90s, and now it's such a big thing. It, I would say to you, it's hard sometimes to know who is still local. Because when it, you know, one of the questions that I want to interject about these smaller craft beers is, it's hard when somebody big comes and says, "By the way, here's a fat check, and you can still do what you do, but I'm going to own your company." And then all of a sudden, it falls into a conglomerate because, you know, there are a lot of good, like what you think is local, like liquor stores, local liquor stores are not as easy. I mean, we had our friends at Joy is Wine and Spirit. Is there a question in there? Well, I, I, I mean, there is a little bit of a question and a statement of the fact of buying local is a lot yeah, harder and, and sometimes you're right. than I mean, the brewer, know. the Brewers Association came up with the label of the upside-down beer, and they, I believe the, the craft beer drinking community, I believe it's a very educated community of people. They really, they, they, they know who's doing the movements in, in corporate, uh, entities and corporate interests and and uh, the uh, you know I look at the Great American Beer Festival and I go back I God love Julia Hurst she'll answer all my questions but I say how can you possibly have big beer pulling the pour in the halls of the Great American Beer Festival and that was a couple of years ago and they did some tweaking I know it wasn't me but I was saying hey well, you know what is this um, but at the same time it's tough when you want to be a, a strong viable money making business. And um, just not losing sight of what that is, that term craft, and the community of people yeah. that really believe in it But a the lot. Great American Beer Festival is not the Great American Craft Beer Festival, right? Well, so that's why... True, I but think, who's going? It, right, true. And, and, and what does the Brewers Association represent? Well, yes, agreed. They represent craft So beer. if you're a small brewery that's paying your dues to the Brewers Association, you don't want to see the big bully in the hall next to you. Yeah, but you're not doing the same thing as past Blue Ribbon and Schlitz and stuff like that. So that's a totally different market, I yeah. think. It's hard so, to delineate. Yeah. Well, but I say you bring those guys in because then you get to taste something small and craft next to something. I didn't know we were going to get on that. But what I want to do, <laughs> I, I could go, I could riff forever. Um, collaboration Fest yes. coming up. Saturday. Is that a, is that a, a a Brewers Guild event? It is. Okay. Um, it's our sixth year. We kick off Colorado Craft Beer Week with Collaboration Fest. Food and Wine Magazine call it the most unique beer festival in the country. 
And what makes it so unique is um, we're going to have 153 beers brewed by two or more breweries at a time. So there's breweries have to get together, formulate, brew a beer, and bring it to this event. And it's like catching lightning in a bottle with 153 beers. It's so cool. You'll, wow. never, you'll never get these beers brewed ever again, and this is the place to come. So it's a beer geek's heaven. Yeah, um, and the brewers, they, they embrace it because the community of brewers, I've never seen uh, a bunch of people that really just want to support their next brewery. The competition, ah, forget that, throw it out the window. It's about friends and ideas and collaboration and community, and you guys really captured it with that. I'd say, where do you get tickets? Well, it'll be sold out. I know. Uh, well, we still got some tickets left. You get you get them at twoparts.com. Okay. Um, and uh, we've got, I think, maybe 500 tickets left out of the 2,500 we have. I look forward to So there's to still it. a few more left. Um, so it's Saturday, March 16th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown next to the convention center. We'll be there. We'll see you next Saturday. We'll go early a little bit. Uh, Steve, you like spirits too, don't you? Sure do. All right, then you're going to stick around when the Idlewild comes up next. What do you think? You'll do that with us? I'm drinking one of their cocktails right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll do that. We'll take a break from the uh, studios right here, Studio Kitchen Colorado, our local affiliate, 630 KHOW and iHeartRadio station. Of course, live on Facebook. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Get ready to change the way you look at food. This is Peter Allman, the founder of South River Aquaponics and Alpenglow Mushrooms. As a Le Cordon Blue Train chef, I know the importance of quality ingredients. That's why in 2013, I left the fine dining industry to start a sustainable organic farm. At South River Aquaponics Alpenglow, we are the leader in sustainable growing practices, utilizing our natural resources as effectively as possible. No pesticides, no GMOs, no funny business, just clean, honest food production. We use old world techniques combined with modern technology to bring you the best possible produce. Our gourmet mushroom facility provides CO2 for our greenhouse that grows tilapia as well as lettuces and herbs in our aquaponics system. Look for us in natural grocers, city market, and served on the plates of Colorado's finest chefs. At South River Aquaponics Alpenglow Mushrooms, we're growing greener. To learn more about aquaponics and see our products, go to our website at southriveraquaponics.com. South River Aquaponics, the future of farming. My dad's vegetables are so good, I can't live without them. Hey, Colorado chefs, Brian Freeman with Growers Organic and the Modern Eater Talk Show. Do you care about where your food comes from? I do. Do you want loyalty from customers who care about that as well? I can help by providing top quality organic produce with reliable delivery, knowledgeable sales team who genuinely care about how food is grown, transported, and served. Chefs, Growers Organic will ensure you have excellent ingredients for your next James Beard dinner, your nightly specials, or your regular menu items. Join the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. My name's Alex Seidel. I'm from Fruition Restaurant, Mercantile Restaurant. You are listening to us on Monard Eater on iHeartRadio. Yes, you are, Mr. Uh, Chef Extraordinaire. James Beard Award winner Alex Seidel. Saw him this weekend over at Shook. 
Did you really? Oh, God, I love that chicken over there. It just kills me. It's just like this rotisserie it's chicken. It's just behind. like this. Just yep. like it. And they're using that rock wood that Look we're going to be bringing in. Proud Souls. I'm so proud to have a Proud Souls grill in here, this Everdoor that gives us this delicious rotisserie chicken. Who doesn't like rotisserie chicken? Any one of you guys, you all like rotisserie chicken? Yeah, I've been staring at that for the last hour. I've been waiting. You're asking guys that drink beer if they like (laughs) chicken? I mean. (laughs) Whiskey, beer, and chicken, you know? Yeah, just throwing a waffle, we're done, right? Perfect. (laughs) Greg Hollenbach, Brian Freeman, Steve Kurowski's uh, rejoining us. He's Colorado Brewers Guild, but we're jumping into spirits now. And Jeff and Jake, uh, Idlewild Spirits, how are you guys? Doing great, thanks. So, I, my, my, you're Jake. Hi, yes. Jake. Hi. Pleased to meet you. Nice to meet you. And Jeff. Jeff. Good to see you guys. Idlewild, it's kind of, I think last week we were featuring some of your uh, delicious, that ruined my Tuesday, not in a, in a, in a bad way, ruined good, but uh, took Wednesday away from me because I dove in to taste that. But, Steve, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about, right? You get, it's like a new toy for a 46-year-old. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, Legos are off the charts now. Now it's like, all right, let's buckle down with some delicious spirits. Uh, Idlewild, to start, where where are you? What do you guys do? So we're up in Winter Park. Um, we started about almost three years ago now, July of 2016. Where in Winter Park? I love stomping around Winter Park. Uh, we are right downtown, uh, kind of hidden away, located underneath uh, for those who've been out there, Rudy's Deli, we're kind of in a little bit of a basement space. Uh, so Hideaway Park, where where from there? Uh, we're just the building north from there. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, great. Now I know where you are. And yeah, I'm works gonna... great when you got all the events going on at the park right across the street. Sure. You'd be like, yeah, check out that building right there. We've got a bunch of delicious house-made spirits, great cocktails, great food. Oh, oh you do serve food? Yeah. Awesome. So still yeah, really How long have you guys been making booze? Uh... <laughs> Legally or illegally? <laughs> hey, usually it starts. I, how many stories have we heard about the garage? Oh, yeah. I mean, Sean Smiley told us about his garage. Garage, right, basement. Yeah. Uh, legally. Well, we'll think, keep you out of trouble. Yeah. I mean, I think we're past the statute of limitations at this point. But um, legally, I uh, started distilling right before we opened. Um, obviously had some uh, some modifications to go from the home distilling equipment to the full-blown commercial big boy toys. But um We've been slowly ramping up our aging program, so right now we actually just bottled our first two-year bourbon. Oh, fantastic. Um, I love hearing It's like you hang on. It's like hurry up and hang on. Did you blend for a while, or were you just selling the vodka, and what else do you guys have? No, we're, we're straight grain to glass. Um, actually, to take a step further, Colorado grain to glass. We work with several uh, local Colorado ranchers. Got a big flatbed truck that we load up with about 10,000 pounds of grain and try and get back up over the pass without overheating or breaking down. Uh, we've gone through two trucks now. Uh, so, uh, so you're getting it from the Western Slope or where? Uh, most of our grain comes from a farm up in Loveland. Uh, some of our rye comes from a farm down near Pueblo as well. Okay. Um, everything's kind of fermented, uh, distilled, mashed on site. Um, I think one of the things we do that's a little bit different than a lot of distilleries is we actually mill our grains right before the mashing process. So anything that is aromatic is going to carry through that still. So you kind of end up with uh, a lot of those those great freshly ground grain smells uh, vaporizing off if you gr- grind your grain two weeks, three weeks in advance. Uh, we grind our grain, as I mentioned, the day that we mash, so we capture as much of that aroma and flavor as possible, and, and I hope that really shines through in our, in our final product here. It's great stuff. Uh, like I said, it consumed my Tuesday, and, and happily so. Uh, and you look at, you said you're starting to barrel your two-year right now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how many barrels are you sitting on? Oh, <laughs> um, 
So about a year ago, uh, December, a little over a year ago, we actually kind of ramped up our production program because we were uh, realizing that it was catching on a lot more quickly than we had initially thought. So uh, we upgraded our fermenters, started producing a lot more. But of course, it's that two-year turnaround time. So the first 50-gallon barrels we started barreling, uh, like I said, two years ago. But we'll hit that uh, two-year mark on those uh, additional production capacity this December. So right now we're sitting on roughly 60-ish, 50-gallon uh, barrels of bourbon Fantastic. and some other stuff as well. So. And what other spirits, Jeff, do you guys... Uh, we do a little bit of everything. Um, I uh, kind of saw the distilling industry going in the same direction that the brewing industry was going. And uh, when brewing first became, le- home brewing first became legal, you ended up uh, with a bunch of uh, home brewers saying, I'm going to take this hobby and make a, a business of it. And they started with one or two or three kind of flagship products. And, and eventually now you end up with these breweries that have 20 taps on the wall. And I kind of said, well, I think that's the direction distillers are headed in. So I really tried to perfect not just one or two spirits, but but a whole variety of spirits. So we do a vodka, gin, rum, uh, actually silver and gold rum, three different types of whiskey, and a bunch of single batch type stuff. Uh, similar to if you go to a brewery and you find a single barrel aged batch uh, coming out of one of their taps. Yeah, congratulations. Steve, that I sounds mean, awesome. Uh, you appreciate great spirits, right? Yeah, man. Like, also love Colorado. Yeah. As a, yeah, and we're gonna sample some. Yeah, yeah, let's sample it right now, actually. And and you look at Idlewild, and first of all, great being a great Colorado company, and and I applaud you for sourcing ingredients um, here locally. Uh, when you is it when you can, or do you exclusively do that? Uh, right now, all of the grain we use comes from Colorado. Um, I'm sh- well. <laughs> hopefully, we'll get to a point at some point where maybe that's not feasible, but. Um, for now, it's an important part of who we are, an important part of the quality of our product. So. Well, a lot of people lean on their tasting rooms, obviously. Uh, what can people expect when they walk into your tasting room in Winter Park, Colorado? Uh, well, we were actually the state's uh, first distillery pub. So in 2014, they legalized the distillery pub license, which allowed us to have a full bar. Uh, but in return, we have to have food. Um, so we have a full-blown restaurant as well. Um, it's kind of a small plate restaurant. Um, high quality product obviously just like our bar just like our spirits and it's really the full experience you walk in it's kind of this down under basement type place with kind of dim lighting gives you a little bit of that speakeasy feel a little bit of like the uh, industrial rustic vibe if I had to describe it uh-huh. um, but we've got all of our spirits available for tasting cocktails uh, beer and wine if you um, want to come to a distillery and drink beer or wine but we have it <laughs> well now what are we drinking right now because I'll tell you I really like that so this is our bourbon. This is, uh, as I mentioned, the first batch that came out of 50-gallon barrels at two years. Um, it is primarily corn, as bourbon has to be, but we've also got wheat, rye, and barley in there as well. Um, it goes into brand-new charred American oak barrels. Uh, these are barrels that were produced by a company out of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have some barrels that were uh, produced in Missouri as well. It's pretty sharp. Um, it's It's got a lot of... Uh, I mean, so, the caramel's right, right there. Yeah. Um, the the front end of it's very delicious, I'm savory. Yeah. Um, well, especially if you breathe it in a little bit. Yeah. And you, and you open it up, as opposed to just jumping in it. It's not. This is my first an, of the night. An so unsophisticated I'm conditioning, man's, uh, you know, at this point in time. So what I always tell people when they're tasting any type of spirit really is, is take a sip first. Then forget about everything that you just registered because you're you're overwhelming your palate. You've yep. got really strong alcohol going onto your tongue. Your tongue's going, whoa, what is this? I don't like this. Um, but after that first sip, your palate kind of opens up a little bit, and you're really going to be able to taste a lot more of 
of the nuances and what's coming out of that spirit since your your palate's not overwhelmed at that point. Now, where I don't know if you mentioned this before, but let's mention it again. Where are you located? Uh, we're in downtown Park. Winter Park, up in the Downtown mountains. Winter Park, okay. Yep. You uh, get up there much, Steve? Um, in the summertime, I don't do that much in the winter. I don't do that much winter playing anymore. The I-70 kind of keeps me off of uh, the ski slopes, but in the summertime, I'm in Winter Park mountain biking often. Well, I think that area is growing up quite nice. I mean, it's nice you can jump on a train in the in the winter and get up there from Denver Thank downtown, God. and that's cool. Thank I mean, God. absolutely. Um, um, ski train has brought a lot of lot of people into the valley and. A lot of good exposure coming out recently, you know, with, you know, Winter Park is top adventure town and top ski resort in North America. So it's making, you know, great for business and bringing a lot of people through and able to discover Idlewild and, and what we have to offer. Well, and you have town. some other good friends up there as well, don't you? I mean, there's some other distillers up there that I'm sure you guys are friendly with. Yeah, okay. there's there's one brand new distillery up there, Fraser Valley Distilling. Yep. Um, there's also a bunch of great friends that are a little farther south, south of 70. Um, Lenny over at Deer Hammer, we get along very well. He's actually a very good source of information for me. When I was starting up, he had a couple years under his belt, and he was a great source of information, someone I could turn to with pretty much any problem to say, hey, Lenny, what are you doing in this case? And and he was always very open. It's, I'm sure, a lot like the brewing industry. It's a very open, very friendly industry. It's There's not a lot of that animosity type competition it's more of a co-opetition so right downtown winter park on the main street through town all right we're going to make some cocktails when we come back this is really cool that we have uh, kevin gabala here with us uh from a cool facebook group it's friends and family and he's also a uh, cocktail extraordinaire just like you brian i've had a few of your cocktails uh (laughs) idle wild you guys stick around we'll get uh kevin on there i just wanted steve's palate steve you got a great palate i've i've sipped beers with you a few times at various locations um but colorado can't i mean we're it this is it right from i think from beer to spirits and even wine we're an unmatched state you threw wine in there yeah like like it's an adult beverage like i think that you know it's 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 not at well appreciated by everybody Mm -hmm. but we have over 100 wineries in colorado so we got 400 breweries we're up to what 100 or so distilleries 100 wineries yeah like that's there's not many states that have this going on so to have that trifecta being so powerful yeah like it's it's a real thing well steve i would throw in kombucha with there because i think we are we are on the forefront of like a beverage revolution right oh, now. I agree. I mean, I, yeah, I actually think you're right. You know, I, I just tasted some some alcohol water the other day, which is, I mean, hello. What, you know, is this like this something? Is this what people are doing at home when they don't work? What what goes I, I, on here? I, I hope that that's a fad. I hope this hard seltzer kind of comes and goes like wine coolers back in the 80s type of thing. Oh, but Bartlett's Um, and James, come on. Those were some of the best commercials. They were great commercials. I mean, those two old boys on the porch. But hard (laughs) seltzer, like I've drank a couple and there's not much of an experience with it, right? Like you don't don't get to put your nose in a hard seltzer and go, oh, yeah, I get what's going on. There's nuance. No, it's water with some booze in there and some carbonation. That's right. And so it has its purpose, but from a culinary standpoint, there's not much happening with it. So I think there's a bunch of people rushing to market with it, and there'll be, I think there'll be a couple brands that survive, but there's a lot of brewers that are trying to get hard seltzer on the shelf right now. Really? This is Steve Kurowski, like Colorado Brewers Guild. Thank you, Steve. We're going to come back yeah. make some cocktails. Kevin Gabala is going to come up with us and make those cocktails. And we'll also tell you, you're interested, you're a restaurant guy, you own a bar, how can you get Idlewild? You'll find out, out, find out next in Booze in the News. All the booze news you can use coming up next on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path. 
through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. If you've got a business and need a website or need a graphic designer, F. Johnson Design does it all. Take the headache out of trying to build your own website or design graphics. Who has time for that? F. Johnson Design will get you up and running with a professional and great-looking website. Design sharp graphics to your specifications and have your site up faster than you think. Logo, package design, SEO coding, and more. F. Johnson Design did the Modern Eater's website. Go to themoderneater.com to check out some of their work. Reach out to F. Johnson Design at fjohnsondesign.com. Want to bake the best? Bake with the best. Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas and the Modern Eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant-based ingredients. I love Ardent Mills, and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more at ardentmills.com. Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a, is a chair and a, and a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. All right, we can do this. Booze in the news. All the booze news you can use here on the Modern Eater Show. Live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. And uh, this is a cool one. We're going to use... Uh, Idle Wild Spirits here, and these guys are going to rejoin us as uh, Jeff and Jake are with us. And then uh, introducing to the show right now, first appearance, and it'll be, it won't be his last because uh, he's a friend of ours, uh, friends and family, actually, from Fans, Friends and Family Facebook group. It's uh, Kevin Kabbalah. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's an honor to be here, and I do hope to do many more shows with you guys. Absolutely. Oh, thanks, Kevin. He's had a long day. First of all, where have you been today? I was judging spirits for the Denver International Spirits Competition. It's a two-day uh, event. It's about uh, 10 o'clock to 5 o'clock, two days. You taste round after round after round. It's a blind tasting. They just keep bringing you sets of cream liqueurs or absinths or um, straight whiskeys or rye whiskeys, and you judge them, and, uh, and the judges, the winners will be announced in about a month. How are you still standing? Well, you spit everything. I was good today. But I'm, yeah. uh, I'm different now. I'm, I'm swallowing now. That's great, man. <laughs> Kevin, in swallow mode as we are, too. First of all, what I want you to do is could you take some of this idle while and just go through, first of all, what category that would be in and then what you'd be looking for as far as the taste of this whiskey or the bourbon that they brought? Well, he's got gin, actually. I'm making a gin cocktail. I right know now. you are. I just want you to taste that bourbon. <laughs> oh, oh, oh okay. I see what you mean. I see oh, where okay. you're going. We want this. you to be, to be your judge, but you can't spit, you know? Yeah, I got to swallow yeah. this. Come what on, you, it's my you, birthday. What are you, you looking for out of the bourbon category? <laughs> uh, well, this is uh, this is a bourbon. I'm smelling the entry. has got some good brown sugar, some caramel, maybe like a tiny bit of coffee in there. Real nice age. I'm just going to go ahead and down this right now and tell you what the taste is like. <laughs> Please do. It's actually very smooth. It's, it's um, It finishes really nice. The finish lasts, which is a, a good sign of a good bourbon. Nice job, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Very cool. To ha- and and uh, so you, cocktailing, where'd you begin? I've been drink- making drinks for about 20 years, uh, about 11 years here in Denver. I've uh, worked at places such as Euclid Hall, Linger, Jack's Fish House, Avanti. Opened up all those programs couple others as well. I'm uh, kind of doing my own thing. Got my own events company now called Super Delicious Events. 
So I'm doing bar consulting and bar events and all kinds of stuff like that. Congratulations. Um, thank you so much. And of course, Friends and Family is an education-based nonprofit for uh, food and beverage industry in Colorado. Let nice. me just say nice. you do a great job with Thank that. you. I appreciate that. And, and let me ask, Kevin, because I'm curious, when you taste something, do you break it down into different categories in your own mind, in your own mouth? Is it the, you know, the, obviously the nose, the, you know. The nose, the finish, finish. Um, how true it is to type, for example. Um, there's a whole, the, what we're doing uh, today and tomorrow at the Denver International Spirits Competition, there's about probably 30 rankings you have to hit. Uh, ranking between one and five for, you know, five being the strongest category. Um, but you're looking for all kinds of stuff. Um, how does the finish last? Does the nose match the palate? All kinds of things like that. So it's a whole art form just right there. Three minutes. Awesome. Let's make a cocktail. Okay. I'm using, uh, I wanted to use Wild's Alpine Gin. All the grain is made up of Winter Park, Colorado. All the grain is from Colorado. Uh, so this is basically a, a version of a Collins cocktail. I want to make something nice and refreshing. So that's an ounce and a half of the... Uh, of the gin. I'm going to do three quarters of an ounce of a lemon simple syrup I made with lemon juice, water, and sugar. So this is going to be a really refreshing drink, particularly for summertime. I'm going to shake up the base of this. And I'm going to top it with a little bit of soda water. And to stress the alpine quality of the gin, I'm using a little bit of a rosemary sprig here to sort of bring out that Christmas tree wintertime juniper What's up with gin? It's making a comeback, or it's uh, what? It is particularly in Europe, to be honest with you. Uh, Spain has, it's, you know, there's uh, gin bars all over Spain, for example. But I think everything, you know, gin's been around forever, and it's going to be around forever. I'm drinking this right now, and I got to tell you, it tastes incredible. Yeah, it's super light. Thank you for saying that. Very delicious. Thank you for making one. that. Greg, yeah. that's for you if you want that. Well, thank you. I'll put it next to my other one. Okay. <laughs> I had one earlier, and I will say that the rosemary really complements the gin nicely. We've got some earthier botanicals in there, and, and the rosemary just truly brings that out. It's, it's interesting you say that, Jeff. I've been muddling is. it a little bit with my drink wire stir stick here. Um, Kevin, do you help people um, develop bar programs? I do. So I'll, I'll do anything from event consulting. So if you want to do a beer fest or a music festival... Um, so my company, Super Delicious Events, will do anything from a wedding to a beer fest to a New Year's Eve party to a wedding, all kinds of stuff like that. So if it's got beverages involved, I'd like to be involved. What's your favorite spirit to play with? I'm a whiskey guy. You know, my mother's from Ireland. I, you know, whiskey is in my blood. So uh, whiskey is where I'm at. Old fashioned or Manhattan? Uh, probably old fashioned. It's a classic cocktail, the perfect, per perfect do recipe. Do you muddle or not? Uh, interestingly enough, no, but I did 10 years bartending in Minnesota, and that's a very Midwestern thing where you muddle the fruit and top it with brandy, and uh, sorry, top it with, um, with either Sprite or soda water as a brandy base. So, so there's kind of some regional variations to that cocktail. Yeah. But um, I tend to get away from that. I like a cleaner cocktail that, that uh, drinks real clean. Guys at Idlewild, uh, how do you do? You develop cocktails for your tasting room. I'm assuming you do. We do. So we've got a full bar program. Obviously, uh, we can bring in stuff like Amaro's, uh, vermouths, stuff that that a lot of distilleries cannot bring in. Um, Jake actually worked as our that, bar manager. First for of all, that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a big deal to have it, that it type of license. Your, broadens your cocktail spectrum so much. Absolutely. Uh, being able to bring in those classic liqueurs and, and things that you'd want to have behind the bar that you might not be able to necessarily make yourself, you know, because yeah. we have yeah. a, you know such a big portfolio already. And, you know, clearly we'd love to do our own vermouths and our own Amaros and things like that, but 
down the road maybe. Who's this young lady that's been just listening? She seems that's, like. That's mom. <laughs> she's a, a, such a great job in the community of people that you have together at Idlewild. I, I'm ashamed um, that I haven't been there yet, but I can tell you, you'll say, Greg, uh, please go home because it's going to be my next stop. And uh, Winter Park, Colorado is where you can find these guys at Idlewild. I got to thank you so much for joining us this evening at uh, Studio Kitchen Colorado. What do you think of the studio? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. this yeah. is an awesome event. What you guys are doing here is really cool. Coming together every Thanks Saturday. Thanks for coming down. It's like really a movie. Appreciate for you having down. us, yeah. Kevin, I want to emphasize friends and family. It's a private Facebook group, but who could go and be in that group? It's basically a group for the food and beverage industry in Colorado. So the core of it is restaurant employees, so front and back of house. Uh, that's the core, but anyone who really touches the food and beverage industry, suppliers, if you make beer, if you're a distiller, if you make, if you blend tea, if you make kombucha, if you're a sales rep, anyone who touches that, that industry is welcome in the group. Just type it in with friends your little family. fingers. Friends and family. Friends and family. Yes. Thank you so much. Real quick, Greg, a big shout out our friends at Crush Pizza, fourth anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy you anniversary. guys are great. Thanks for everybody being here tonight. That's it. We'll be back here next week for.